Meditation is like a spiritual shower. We have a physical shower. When we get dirty, we wash off. We have toxic energy. We have traffic. We have insults online. Like, how do we wash that off? I feel like, you know, meditation um, and yoga is like a spiritual shower, kind of washing off that negative energy and those low vibrations so that we can be in this, this state of peace and we can be in this state of love. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 56 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. My friends, I love that sustainability, plant-based eating, and mindfulness have all been hot topics of conversation lately because they all make our world a better place by not only making us happier and healthier, but also making the planet healthier and happier. And that is absolutely amazing. But as someone who is definitely a work in progress for all of the above, I also know that trying to get into that stuff and make it a part of your lifestyle can be not only overwhelming, but also daunting and discouraging. So I brought in an expert to break things down and help us all do a little bit better because the baby steps really do add up. So today we have celebrity holistic health coach, author, inspirational speaker, professional fitness model, and yoga instructor, just to name a few, Koya Webb. Don't worry guys, we won't be forcing you to meditate or anything right now, but do turn the volume up and turn down the noise in your day because today's episode will serve as your daily dose of grounding and groundbreaking work. Koya is revolutionizing sustainable living, self-love, and making friends with fear. In our conversation today, we're connecting on a soul level, chatting all things meditation, sustainability, mental health, mastering your energy, and turning common obstacles into seeds for growth. And all of this we are talking about in such an approachable and just down-to-earth way. I think you'll find it really refreshing. Koya plants some major seeds of truth, wisdom, tips, and actionable tools when it comes to fitness, fierceness, and finding what fuels your fire, regardless of what kind of season of life you're in. Koya founded Get Loved Up, which is a yoga and holistic health school and international lifestyle movement that inspires mental, spiritual, and physical health and wellness, which obviously you guys know I can already get behind. And she is also a fellow podcaster. She is the host of Get Loved Up podcast and an author of a new book called Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. Koya is super committed to creating communities worldwide focused on love and consciousness. So get ready to get raw and real just how we like it with this wellness trailblazer on her mission to empower and uplift the global community through education and entertainment. Before we jump into the episode, this one is brought to you by my skincare obsession, Tula. You guys know they are literally my ride or die, and I have been using their products exclusively since the 
first month, I think, of 2018. It's been well over a year and my skin has never been better. All of their products are clean and effective and great for all skin types. They have an amazing skin quiz on their website. So go check that out and see what products would be a great fit for you. And then enter code Marie at checkout to save 20% on your entire order. Again, that is Tula, T-U-L-A dot com and your 20% off code is Marie. Now let's get into the good stuff. Hello, Koya. Welcome to the Grind to Be Grateful podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here today and I can't wait to jump in. But if it's cool with you, let's start off with just a few like rapid fire questions. Sounds good. Okay, awesome. So we are halfway through 2019. And I want to know, since you're big on traveling, what is your favorite place that you have visited or traveled to so far this year? Oh, goodness. I would have to say Nairobi. Oh, my God. So amazing going back to the motherland, going back to Africa and going to all the different schools and showing them how important water was and clean water and going to the wells and getting the dirty water and putting it into um, our water filtration tank and being able to see that transformation and being able to sing songs and play patty cake and connect. Mm -hmm. The most miraculous thing I've ever done in my life. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing and transformational and so impactful. It was. It truly was. Wow. Okay, awesome. Um, What is your favorite yoga pose? (laughs) My favorite yoga pose? Well, it would have to be Shavasana. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, yes. Just just lay down. Yeah, because I work so much. So just like going to sleep, taking a rest, lying down after all of the the moves and all of the challenges, just being able to rest is kind of my theme right now is just Mm -hmm. always, you know, making that my favorite pose uh, and making sure that I get enough rest and recovery time between the things. Yeah, for sure. I think that that is so often overlooked. And also when people think about yoga, they think of like headstands and inversions and like all of the things that you see on Instagram that you do as well. And they're super cool. But like yoga is so much more than that. So I love that you called out like the rest and the Shavasana. Thank you. Yeah. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Totally an early bird. Yeah. It's 4 a.m. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's like super early bird. (laughs) Do you prefer silver or gold? Silver. And then what is your go-to breakfast? Ooh, go-to breakfast, superfood smoothie. Yum. And do you prefer hot or iced coffee or neither? Neither. I'm not a coffee drinker. Okay. Do you have a go-to? I prefer chai tea. Yum. Or herbal tea is my favorite. Okay, perfect. Well, then let's go ahead and dive in. And I would love for our listeners to learn a little more about your journey to where you are today as a world-renowned transformational coach, as a yoga teacher, um, as a traveler. So I would love for you to just start as far back as you'd like, and we want to hear it all. I think that it starts with, you know, just being growing up as a small town girl, growing up in Humboldt, Tennessee, which is the deep south. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't really have much growing up. So it really made me appreciate the, you know, a dollar and appreciate everything that I have today. 
And I think that, you know, having those humble beginnings, you know, for some of it be like, oh, but really it helped me grow and it helped me learn that and value and take pride in everything that I have. And so I'm really grateful for that, you know, and that opportunity to, you know, grow and from nothing and then along the way see how hard work really does pay off see how learning and learning to share and learning to value everything that you have learning to value nature from being you know raised in the country I feel like that really has shaped me um into the person that I am today mm-hmm. totally so then where where did you start getting into wellness and yoga? Like how old were you when that started and why did that become a passion of yours? I think just as early as running to catch the bus when I was a little girl <laughs> that gave me uh, track skills. Yeah. So I started running in track and field in high school and uh, my mom pretty much, she always made home cooked meals. We still went out for fast food and um, on the weekends, but during the week, we would, you know, eat at home. And even though we weren't plant based or vegan or anything that I am now, we still um, put a high emphasis on emphasis on just plant based nutrition, um, having vegetables, having you know the courses, and having it be prepared by hand. So I was I knew how to make homemade bread by scratch and banana bread by scratch when I was mm-hmm. a little girl. So it gave me a deep appreciation for food and the connection um, people have when making food together. And I think that running track and field and playing basketball in college was where I started to realize that, okay, I have to eat healthy in order to exceed. But my eating healthy was, you know, meat and potatoes and vegetables. And um, I still had a Snickers bar. I thought a Snickers bar and a Coke um, <laughs> was what I need to fuel my basketball um, yeah. endeavors. But when I moved, I think it's really... In college, you know, when I had my injury and I found yoga, that was the first big catalyst to change because before then I was just really getting healthier and healthier. I took nutrition classes. I would cut out fast foods. I would cut out processed food. I would cut out candy and soda pop and things like that, but I was still experiencing, um, you know, tiredness and sluggish sluggishness and all these other things. I feel like I had a lot of mucus in my system from Mm -hmm. the things that I I was eating. So it wasn't until I went to college, found out about yoga, I started getting healthier and making the mind, body, and spirit connection. And before I just ran track and field, I was like, I'm going to run as hard. I'm going to go as hard. And then when I had a stress fracture in my back, it stopped me. And it was like, no, you have to rest. You have to recover. You have to manage your stress level. So I think that's really where um, my, you know, connection to, you know, how do I take care of my body and doing yoga and learning meditation helped me realize, well, I have to ask my body what it needs through meditation. Mm -hmm. I have to slow down through the practice of yoga and allow the blood to flow, allow my body to heal, no matter whether I'm running on the track or jumping on and off planes. Um, And now I really have to give my body a chance to rest and recover. And then when I moved to California, before moving, I didn't know what avocado was. All I knew was guacamole (laughs) from Taco Bell. 
So uh, working for one of my clients at his restaurant called Ranchos in San Diego, that kind of got me my background in plant-based nutrition and how to eat clean. So the holistic health started in college with yoga and the nutritional um, piece of it kind of started when I first moved to California. Got it. I love that it has been like a slow and steady evolution for you. Obviously, there were like those kind of cornerstone seasons that really change things, but it's not that you became like a wellness advocate and like someone who is a role model for wellness overnight, right? Like it was a gradual process for you. And I think that's so important to talk about because there's a lot of pressure, I think, for people to like instantly become vegan or instantly like be able to do really impressive yoga poses and they look at people like you or me who are considered like experts in their fields and it seems so far away but both you and I have like done it over years and years of like practice and learning and growing. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest fallacy that's out there is that it's easy and that, oh, all you have to do is this and all you have to do is that. And, you know, I try to tell people all the time that it's a process Mm -hmm. and I feel like we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And in that human experience, the, the goal is for our soul to grow. So we have these challenges that come during our human experience and it's not about blaming it on someone else or saying why me it's about looking at this situation looking at my injury looking at everything i was challenged with when i when i moved and saying how can this help me grow into this next evolution of myself and i feel if people come into it not saying oh i want to do this pose like her i want to be like her but i want to be the best version of myself mm-hmm. i think that's a healthier way to look at it because everyone's journey is going to be different and you have to go within to find out what's going to be best for you i mean it's good to have mentors and guides and therapists but most therapists and me as a coach will coach you into looking within yourself and finding out what feels good what feels in alignment uh, with where you're trying to go right now and when you go to that space i truly believe your path is guided even Mm. with the challenges even with the stresses if you keep going within through meditation then you will be on that path of that soul evolution yes oh my gosh I'm over here like snapping like that, <laughs> that was so good and that's everything that I try to teach my people as well is like you have to go within first and you have to like put the ego aside put the comparison aside and really think about like what is truly going to benefit you what is truly going to feel good for you and what like what do you need to learn and like embody in order to become you know, your next, your next level of you. And it's not so much about like getting the abs, nailing the pose. Like those are all kind of surface level milestones and they're fun, but that like, does that truly serve what you're supposed to accomplish? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that you really embody in your content and your teachings and your coachings and things like that is sustainability, like both in wellness and with like the environment and the earth, which I'm sure both of those things can try to feel like you're like swimming upstream kind of right. Because with fitness, 
everyone is looking for a quick fix, seemingly. Um, people want, like, the magic bullet. They want the one secret, the one magic pill that is going to help them reach their goals that doesn't exist. And so, like, talking about sustainability with fitness and being in it for, like, the long game can sometimes be the, I guess, the unsexy, um, like, approach. So how do you navigate that and, like, why has that become your message? I feel like, you know, it. if you remember, again, like, I feel like if anyone is breathing, that they can evolve and they can, mm. you know, move forward. So yeah. I like to start with the breath and say, let's just focus on our breath, something that everyone can do. Even if you're in the hospital, you can breathe. And our breath is the number one key to going within. It's the number one key to dissolving stress. It's the number one key for making sure you're not reacting, but responding in a mindful way. So I would, you know, first of all, have people, you know, just focus on the breath and realize how powerful pranayama, um, which is breath, which means breath work is in our daily life. And I start there with people and then we go on to meditation. And that's just listening to the breath for a long period of time and allowing yourself to be in this calm, connected space with your body. And then from there we go to yoga. And I feel like yoga is like life. And I feel like when you practice yoga, you are embodying the challenges, the twists, the turns, everything that you experience in your life. Or you can take it really easy on your mat, or you can mm-hmm. do it more challenging. And I think that that is what we have in life. Like someone can be like, you know what, I'm just gonna be easy, have fun on my mat. And that's their life, and that's absolutely fine. But the more a person challenges themselves, the more they're gonna fall, the more they might get frustrated, the more they might have come about, but they also have this beautiful opportunity to grow, to heal and to shine. And so I think when people think about that, when they think about the challenge, like why do some people have challenges and some people don't? Well, some people might not have this ambition to grow in a certain way or do certain things, or some people might be born with challenges because their soul wants to grow in that way in this lifetime. So I always tell people, don't judge another person's life and don't allow another person to judge your life. Live your life and see if you can grow from your challenges without connecting it to anyone else's. And I feel like when you're doing that, you're less concerned about you know, just the pose or just the abs. You're more concerned about what am I getting out of life? What am mm-hmm. I getting out of my practice? What am I getting out of my travels? What am I getting about out? What have I, what I consume every day? And I feel like it makes uh, life a more mindful way. You don't have to live this way, but I feel like when you are focusing on the why, if you will, like, why am I doing these things? And is doing these things fulfilling to me, I feel like we really come to a place where we feel like we're living intentionally. And that's my goal um, in life is just live intentionally and make sure that whatever I'm doing, that I'm in a place of, okay, this is where I want to be. I feel like I'm living on purpose. I'm within my purpose and I'm grounded. Yeah. I think living with intention is 
is so important and it's something that I've been working on a ton and I just feel like when I'm present and when I am working on doing everything with intention and like connecting with the why, connecting with my breath and being mindful, like everything feels like really three-dimensional. You know what I mean? Like life just feels so much more rich and impactful and everything feels more more rich. I don't know how to explain it, but it like when you really try to live with intention and you try to live with that mindset of like, I'm always looking to grow. I'm always looking to love. I'm always looking to like stay grounded. It just feels different. Can you kind of explain like how that process was and like how you're kind of waking up to that felt? I feel like waking up to that feels like coming home. Mm. Because a friend asked me this morning, just, you know, tell me one thing that makes you happy. And I was like, wow. And I was like, everything makes me happy right now because everything (laughs) has made me who I am. Yeah. Being in a space where I feel like I had the most challenging time, I'm having the most challenging time. And I feel like every new month is a more challenging time. And Mm -hmm. I know that's because I'm growing at this rapid rate. And I think it's easy for people when they're going through challenges to be like, oh, why me? And why did this happen with my job? And why did this happen with my friend? And why is this happening in my relationship? But when you realize these things are happening because you are being called to grow. And I feel like that can get you out of that victim mindset and into that creator. Like, okay, if this is for me to grow, how can I grow? What can I create? If not this, then what? And when you put yourself in that trajectory, it helps you move forward. So that's what I try to do um, when I am faced with challenges. And I was faced with a, a big challenge in my company. And I had to remember to stay in a place of love. I had to remember to follow my intuition. Everything that I teach and I learned in yoga, it's like I have to practice that to make sure I know the lessons. And also that I can guide others when they have those challenges as well to remember that the world world is not happening to you or against you. It's happening for you. And when you have that mindset, you can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, that shift of like, things are happening for me, not to me is one of the most empowering things ever. Right. Because then you can take ownership of those situations and ownership of those lessons be like, how can I get what I need out of this instead of like, how can I run away from this? And I've found that like in the past when I was in that mindset of like things are happening to me and I need to get out of this as soon as possible that lesson just keeps coming back right because you're meant to learn it and it's going to keep coming back until you face it whereas when you will be like present with it and lean into that stuff like you learn it and then you kind of like unlock the next level it's like this game almost Absolutely. I say it's like graduating to the next level because people say, man, I got challenged. And then I got challenged again. When are these challenges going to stop? <laughs> and that's like you're trying to go through class and not graduate to the next grade. I mean, yeah. that's the point. You're in life. Life is like school. And so you're going to be tested before you go to this next stage of evolution that you want. Oh, so you want a house. You want a relationship. Well, there's some things that you got to learn so that you'll be able to take care of that house. So you'll be able to take care of that relationship. So you'll be able to do that job. And if you're not willing to go through the tests and the quizzes and the things like that, then are you really ready for that next 
stage of evolution. And when you put it like that in that perspective, it helps people grasp like, oh, okay, that whole concept, okay, life is not happening to me, it's happening for me to grow so that I'll be able to sustain myself and my family even in that next level of evolution. And I feel like it's more empowering just to, than just to sit around and say, oh, woe is me, this happened, that happened. And I'm talking about traumatic stuff, like when you lose loved ones, when you're mm-hmm. in when you are in an accident, still, even at those times, you have to realize that the more that you are in the mindset of, I can get through this. I saw a girl, she was a, a vegetable. She had no movement in her whole entire body. All she could do was cry. And you could see a tear coming out her eye. She could not move. She could not wipe it. She could not do anything. And there were so many people speaking love into her life. And it showed her as she moved her finger for the first time, moved her arm for the first time, moved her leg. And then she started walking. And then she started mm-hmm. dancing. It just showed her whole evolution and that like seeing something like that, I'm like, wow, if this woman and then she went to the Paralympics and won a gold medal. So I'm like, someone can come from just only being able to shed a tear and breathe to being in the Olympics. I can get through anything and never be sitting in a corner and saying, well, it's me because that is a miracle and that is miraculous. And that to me is proof that if you believe and if you have this belief and this worth ethic that you can get through anything, then you can. Yeah, it really, I think, comes down to what you're looking for, right? Like if you are looking for the miracles and if you're looking for proof that something is possible, like you can absolutely find it. There are tons of stories like that of people who overcame the odds and like did what was quote unquote impossible. Like that exists, but you have to be receptive to it and looking for it. Where on the other hand, like if you're looking for reasons why you can't or reasons why something isn't going to go your way or reasons why your life sucks or whatever, like you will find evidence for whatever you look for. Absolutely. You always find something to complain about. That's why I always say everyone has something to complain about. Everyone can look at the negative in every person, even the nicest person in the world. You're going to find something negative about it. It's not about tearing yourself down and it's not about tearing others down. It's looking for the beauty, looking for the love in everything. Even in the world, there's so many things going wrong and then there's a lot of things going right. And for the things that that are going right, we have to be grateful for them. And for the things that are going wrong, we have to say, how can our life, our breath, our gifts and talents change the frequency of that thing that's happening, whether it be in our lives, in our family, or in our world. We, I take personal responsibility for mm-hmm. co-creating. And so if there's anything that's really rubbing me, I have to ask myself, well, what can you do about it? You know, it's not enough, I feel, to complain about the things going on in the world if we're not willing to change them or to yeah. breathe love into them. Yeah, yeah. And I want to kind of shift a little bit because one of those major things that's going on is the state of our planet, right? Like mm-hmm. the the state of our environment and how people are treating the planet. And I think we're at this tipping point where people are now becoming aware of it, but people are not necessarily willing to change their day-to-day life in order to do something about it. So um, I know you're a big advocate for sustainability. So how did that come about? Like, when did you kind of wake up to that? And how do you express that through like your daily actions? 
Um, I think that the biggest way that I express sustainability is through my choice to be plant-based and be a Mm -hmm. vegan. I feel like eating is something that we all do every day. And just making that decision to choose not to consume animal animal products, not only am I benefiting my health by not consuming toxins, anger, inflammation, <laughs> and all these things that come with consuming animal products, I am also making an impact on the planet because it takes so much of our resources, our land, our air to produce animal products for us to then consume. And if mm-hmm. I can be healthy and vibrant without doing that, I feel like that is the most sustainable thing that I can do for my health. That way I can speak and travel and do everything that I do with high energy. And that way I can make sure the people who are less fortunate in other countries who can't get the happy cow or the, the best cuts of animal who have to eat like just the, the worst types, which is not only affected them negatively, because any animal product causes inflammation, but now because it's a low quality, it affects their health even more. So the fact that, you know, I know I can eat a healthy piece of animal meat here and there and still be healthy, but the fact that that's not available for everyone, me making that stance of being vegan, being plant-based is also helping world hunger, it's helping our water situation, global warming, (laughs) I mean, everything. It is so impactful. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. And that's why we're seeing the widespread of veganism and plant-based nutrition is because a lot of people are figuring out, wow, what I eat matters. Not Mm -hmm. even just a little bit. I mean, more than recycling, more than driving a Tesla, (laughs) more than, (laughs) you know, using paper instead of plastic. I mean, Following a plant-based diet, I feel, is the most sustainable thing that one can do in their lives because it's something that we do every single day, usually if we're healthy, three times a day. <laughs> and yeah. it's something that that has impacted me when I learned. So it's been 14 years for me now. And, I, you know, at first it was hard. And for most people, making that type of transition when most of the world is not plant-based um, it is a little bit difficult, but it's so worth it. And the health benefits that I experienced because of that choice are astounding. Um, The changes that I see in my community um, because of those choices are astounding. I'm seeing everyone's health that are around me that that are choosing this lifestyle as well. Their health is improving. Their diseases are going away. They're feeling more vibrant. So, and I think it starts with health. That's that's why I got into it. I was just like, oh, I'm going to try this thing. I feel better. I have no mucus. Mm-hmm. I have no energy. And then when I start watching the documentary, then looking into the science behind, it, I was like, oh my god, this is affecting the earth in a huge way. Like, oh my god, this is. Ex- Uh, you know, affecting people that are in food deserts. This is affecting people all over the world. And once you have that deeper connection, that deeper why beyond your own personal health, I think that really makes you stick to that commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I feel like that goes for anything. Like anytime you're trying to make a lifestyle change, like you have to start with your why. Right. And so the more meaningful and the more impactful your why is, then the easier it is to follow through with it. But I do feel like like you said, for, for a lot of people, it is really hard to make that switch. And like me personally, I've drastically decreased my animal product intake. And it's something that like, I'm really proud of myself for. But for some people that feels so, so daunting and so overwhelming. So do you have advice for um, like, just simple ways to get started and do it in a way that 
does feel sustainable and does feel like you're making progress, but you're not like having to do a 180 overnight. Absolutely. And that's the way I suggest. That's the way I did it. And I feel like that's the way that is sustainable to maybe start off with like a meatless Monday. And then Monday you find other options that don't have meat or maybe it's just even one meal a day even if it's not a whole day like one meal like okay breakfast I'm gonna do acai bowl a smoothie gluten-free oatmeal chia pudding and you you know do simple things that are affordable for whatever your budget is but then every now and then if you want to have like vegan pancakes or vegan I like that's the kind of person I am I'm a foodie mm-hmm. if you're not a foodie you don't have to worry about this you just <laughs> smoothie and acai bowl right but yeah. every now and then I want some vegan pancakes because I'm southern I I just love food and maple syrup and all the things. Yeah. Um, tofu scramble. And so I think that allowing myself to have the freedom, and I feel like even in the plant-based movement, there's so much freedom to be had and it's different based on personalities. And I think, again, it goes back to not feeling like you have to be a vegan, like I'm a vegan or even not even vegan, but plant-based, you know, like you said, I'm trying and I, I've really reduced my consumption. And I think starting with one meal a day and then starting with one day and then starting with two days a week and then three days a week and then making meals at home, finding cool restaurants around the area, just actually making it a fun thing. I think that's really going to help people see that, ooh, this really is good. And oh my God, I can't believe I can have vegan ice cream. And so Mm -hmm. it starts to be a fun thing rather than like, okay, I got to go vegan after night because if I don't, then I'm not sustainable. No, (laughs) even though you will be more sustainable, the more you go in that direction, it doesn't have to be like a cold turkey and it doesn't have to be a judgment. It has to be like, okay, I got this awareness off this podcast. Now I'm going to move as much as I can in that direction. Every day I'm going to make a choice to where I'm making a more um, sustainable decision. And again, that could be food, which I think is the best, but it, or it could be recycling. It could be, okay, I'm going to take a shower instead of a bath. I'm going to, or I'm going to take, you know, different precautions in my daily life of, you know, carpooling. You know, so even though I think that's the most sustainable, I think people can do that and other things to where they feel like, you know what, I am putting forth an effort. I do care about the planet. And I feel like the more that people feel like what they're doing matters and that they can do something, I feel like the more they will do, the more they mm-hmm. will attract other people around them and say, oh, I want to do that too. And when it's not daunting and when it's fun, we make it fun, we play the games. I think that's what really um, promotes long-term sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so with you with that because when when we look at like what's happening and the amount of time we have to make a change, like it is daunting and it it feels like this big looming like impossible situation. But if everyone just took like literally one baby step, that would be one huge step, right? Because collectively, like if every person did that, it would make a massive difference. And it like you said, it doesn't have to be going vegan overnight. It could be literally like switching to only reusable water bottles and um, let's say like choosing to like buy sustainable clothing, right? Like fast fashion is a big deal too. And so Mm -hmm. there are so many different ways to make an impact and like pick one, like start with one and try it and make it fun. And also look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow. For example, if you're trying to eat more plant-based, like instead of thinking about, I can't have this, I can't have this, like these are all the things I can't 
can't eat anymore. Like make it about like, oh, how can I make this plant-based? Or like, what are some plant-based recipes that would be fun to try? And like make it an exploration instead of like a restriction. Absolutely. It's like about what you can do, not about what you can't do. And mm-hmm. I think that makes it a lot more fun. And we do this thing. I was, I'm was i a graduate of IIM, which is the Integrative Institute for Nutrition. Mm-hmm. We call it crowding out. The more that you put things that you love and not worry about the things you don't have, but just really crowd out the things that are not necessarily as good for you with the things that are good for you, it makes it easier to, you know, just embrace. And then one day you wake up and like, well, I'm not even eating the animal products anymore. And I just eventually crowded it out with all these other options. So I think that, you know, that is going to make a difference. Oh, like I don't even think twice. I always bring a reusable bag anytime I go shopping and it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, and so I do think it becomes a lifestyle. And when you can make it a lifestyle, when you can make a routine, that's when it starts to feel like, wow, I really notice a difference in how I feel. And then when someone asks you like, wow, I'm actually doing all these things and all these things, I see how they're impacting the environment. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's all about those small changes and like starting with what you can. And I think the same really goes for like fitness and wellness too, just in general outside of nutrition, like starting to walk more or starting to do five minutes of yoga in the morning or starting like so, so small does count. And I think people always look at it as like, oh, but my favorite like fitness influencer or like Koya or Marie, like they work out X number of days per week and like they can do all these things and I can't do that. So like I'm not a fitness person. When in reality, if they just started with like five minutes, that would be a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely. I love just walking out in nature. Like even while I was sitting here talking, um, I just open the blinds and like look at the water because it's like I want to connect with nature that just brings more soulfulness out of myself. And I feel like whether it's I recommend walking a mile a day and sometimes I walk it, sometimes I jog it, sometimes I run it. Sometimes I even toss some sprints in there. Yeah. feel like once you just get yourself out there, you'll never know what you'll be motivated to do. But just making that commitment, especially anyone listening can take the challenge of just, you know, a mile a day. And if you can't go outside, you can go to a gym or any type of facility or you can just dance in your room for 30 minutes to your Uh jams, you know. And when you make that commitment and it's not about what you look like, it's about feeling good in your body. It's about getting stronger um, every day or getting more flexible if you need that, if you need a, a range of motion for whatever you're doing in the world. I think if those are the focus next to you, you're like, wow, like, wow, I, I made a big change and I look completely different. But again, the focus is not on judging yourself or putting yourself down or um, telling yourself like you need to look a certain way. It's more about how you feel. Right. And it's so much about momentum too, right? Like getting started is the hardest part. And once you experience the way it like boosts your energy and makes you feel better and you feel more like at home in your body. Like once you get a taste of that, it's almost addicting to where you want to go back and you want to do more and you want to build on it because you've experienced like a small sliver of all the benefits, but it's just like getting out of like parking or getting out of park and like going into drive is the hardest (laughs) part. Yes, absolutely. And once you start that, I mean, that's the hardest part, just starting and being consistent and not being yourself. And I like to say, do things daily, because if you do things daily, 
if you miss a day, even if you miss two days, you just get back on it. But sometimes if you just are only doing things twice a week or three times a week and you miss a day, then you don't even get back to it until Monday if that day is Friday. Mm -hmm. Or if you miss a Wednesday, then you miss Tuesday, Thursday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you see? And so I would just, I more recommend just a little bit, like maybe 10 to 20 minutes every single day. Um, and that promotes it being part of your lifestyle. Like we take a shower every day, you know, um, we do those things every day. And if we take care of our physical health every day, I feel like it makes it more of a, okay, I'm doing this for myself today. This is what I need today. And it's going to make me feel better throughout the day. Let's take a quick break from self-care and talk about skincare. Of course, self-care goes far beyond face masks and bubble baths, but who doesn't love a good face mask, honestly? My current favorite is this exfoliating treatment mask from Tula, which has bentonite clay for gentle exfoliation and blueberry extract to hydrate and improve skin tone. I personally have very dry and sensitive skin, so exfoliating masks and treatments and stuff can be really hit or miss. And this This one is a definite hit. I don't feel dry or over exfoliated at all after just like a nice healthy glow and better skin texture. And it's also this really pretty blue color from the blueberry extract. So I'm a big fan. It's perfect for those Instagram stories, you know, and I've also forced my boyfriend who has oily skin to use it. And he was like taken aback by how great his skin looked after one use. So truly it is for everyone. And I'm going to be real. I love their entire line of products that I have literally exclusively been using Tula stuff since the beginning of 2018. And I swear by them. Like I've, you know, used like some samples from other brands and stuff. And I always keep going back from back to Tula because they are my ride or die. And what makes Tula so special is that they use probiotics as a foundation for all of their products. And probiotics have been proven, obviously gut health, it, Probiotics are great for that, but they've also been proven to help promote the look of skin's natural balance, locking in moisture to leave your complexion more hydrated and reducing the appearance of inflammation. And not only are the probiotics incredible for your skin, but they also only use clean, clinically proven, high quality ingredients that nourish your skin and are cruelty free. So you really don't have to sacrifice efficacy in order to get products that you feel great about using. You guys know that I'm extremely picky about what goes in and on my body. So I'm grateful to have found products that work and have really, really great ingredients. If you want to learn more about Tula products, they have this incredible, really fun skin quiz on their website, which is Tula.com. So head on over, take the quiz, browse their products, grab the exfoliating treatment mask, and be sure to use code Marie at checkout to save 20% on your entire order. Again, that's T-U-L-A.com and the 20% off code is Marie, M-A-R-I-E. Now let's get back to the episode. Right, right. And so speaking of that, like what are the rituals or like daily non-negotiables that you have to help you stay in that like positive energy and stay healthy and be able to show up as like your best with whatever you're doing? I love to meditate in the morning for at least 10 to 20 minutes. And I love to write in my gratitude journal or sometimes I just do it in the notes in my phone and just have like, just, it's you know, just this free writing time where I can just express myself. 
and I like to meditate and receive, you know, and I receive, you know, divine downloads um, is what I call them, where, mm-hmm. you know, spirit is just speaking to me and I have this opportunity to connect. And that is my non-negotiable favorite thing to do in the morning. And I do it super early. And then I love to do yoga. Um, I love to get out in nature or watch the sunrise. Um, I like to go for a walk at least a mile a day. Um, I love to have my morning smoothie. Um, If sometimes I go to the gym, three times a week I'll go to the gym and other days um, I do yoga. And those are kind of like my non-negotiables in the morning. Um, When I do them, I feel really good. The more of those things that I do, the better I feel. But Mm -hmm. if I can only get just the meditation in in the morning, I feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's so important to just take a little time to get your energy right and like get your vibes right. Isn't it? Because you go into the rest of your day, like feeling a certain way and the way you feel and the way that you show up impacts everything that you do, like how you communicate with other people, the kind of work that you do, um, how you make other people feel, how you feel like your experience of your day. And so I think it's, it's huge to take that time to just like be intentional about this is how I want to feel. This is how I want my headspace to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And I, and it it really affects your mental health um, as well. Like when you are going through challenges, just taking a moment to check in with yourself and and be with yourself before you're with your day or your partner or your children. It's so important because, or even with social media, because everything outside of us is impressing on us and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's positive and sometimes it's not. So giving yourself those 10 to 20 minutes in the morning and at night is so important just to check in with like, what do I believe? How do I feel? And sometimes if we don't do that, we can really get kind of torn away from ourselves and consumed by what media thinks or what people outside of ourselves think. So I really highly suggest everyone develop a meditation practice. And then just for healing, I also recommend people develop, you know, a yoga practice because those two things together, I feel like can help you heal through anything. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, and it's just like that presence, like you said, and just being being with yourself and being willing to check in on yourself because it, it can be really easy, especially when stuff is going on and you feel like overwhelmed or scared or anxious or sad. It can be so easy to just run away from it or block it off or ignore it because that is easier in the short term, right? Like I think a lot of people are afraid to meditate or sit with themselves or journal because they're afraid of like what they're going to find. Right. Yeah. And they're afraid that they don't have the answers. And the thing is, you don't have to have the answers. It's just a practice. Like when you come on your mat, you don't have you don't necessarily know how you're going to flow that, that day. Sometimes you surprise yourself. Sometimes you have more energy. Sometimes you have less, but you still show up. And I feel like that's what we have to do is just continue to show up for ourselves and not feel like we have to know like what the outcome is going to be. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I want to hear more about your book, Let Your Fears Make You Fear. So can you share a little bit of what inspired you to write that? And as the subtitle says, how to turn common obstacles into seeds for growth, because that's a lot of what we've kind of touched on today as well. 
Absolutely. I've been through so much in my life. As you will read when you really dive into the book, I've been through so many challenges and especially moving again from Tennessee to California. And I had no friends, no family. I knew no one when I moved out here. And so the challenges, especially just being on my own, were a lot because I needed those challenges in order to be the woman that I I am today. But mm-hmm. during those challenges, I did not know that. And I was like, <laughs> why is the world attacking me? And why yeah. there are these things happening? And I was like, oh, I'm trying to be a good person and do the right thing. And why, 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 why me? And then once I realized that, oh, wait a minute. So when this happened and I got through it, I'm actually stronger. I'm actually wiser. I started to realize through all my challenges that I was becoming a stronger woman. I was becoming a stronger person and I was able to share that strength with other people. And I was like, oh, okay. I do not have to be afraid. I do not have to feel alone. I'm never alone. God is with me at all times. I'm protected. I'm supported. The universe is on my side. And then I start to feel more empowered. And that's why I wrote the book. And I share the things like pranayama, meditation, yoga, chakra work, affirmations, everything that I learned to help me get into that place of power, to help me get through all these challenges and traumas that I experienced in my life and to follow my dream. And I dream big. And the bigger you dream, the more challenges you might have because you're only needing these challenges so that you can sustain the dream that you're dreaming. You know, you can dream small and potentially have less challenges, you know. But I always tell people who, you know, I mentor is, hey, if you want to dream big, then also be willing to go through what it takes to sustain that level of territory. And um, I think it helps people cope better and not feel like, you know, the world is trying to break them down if they realize, okay, this is just part of me elevating to this level. And I've had so many people come back and say, okay, once I change my my mindset to I'm not a victim, I'm a creator. Once I change my mindset to the world is not, you know, against me, the world is for me, I was able to push past the challenges. And so I've heard that so many times from people that I work with. And that's why I decided to title the book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, is because it's not about being mean or, you know, uh, aggressive. It's about being fierce in love and knowing that you don't have to be afraid of fear. You can make fear your ally, your best friend, and realize that those fears are only meant to make you you stronger. And those challenges are your opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. I always say that fear marks the spot, like X marks the spot. So where, mm-hmm. like whatever you're afraid of is like where you should dig into, you know, because that's where like that's where the gold is. That's where the treasure is. And that's like where you grow and you learn and you evolve into that next level. And so I think that's, it's such a beautiful title. And I love that you have like action steps, you know, because for a lot of this stuff, it's like, you can talk about it and it sounds like pretty and cool and fun. And it sounds, you know, empowering and it makes you feel good to talk about it, but you have to be about it. And so to have Mm -hmm. those action steps, I think that's like, pretty unique and really important. Absolutely. I feel like the more that you give yourself these action steps and the more that you kind of use these tools, 
it also gives you hope because sometimes there is no direction. (laughs) I just had a yoga teacher training where I was challenged and I had to make a decision and I wasn't sure because sometimes it's not as clear as like, you know, day and night, right? Mm -hmm. What decision you can make. But when you do these practices of going into meditation, listening to your intuition, aligning your chakras, those things help you when it's gray. You know, it's easy to make a decision when the decision is easy, but it's like the bomb is going off and you got to cut the white wire. Is <laughs> when yeah. you what, breathe, close your eyes, go within, make a decision. You know, and so I always tell people it's, you know, we do the work to deal with the challenging situations, you know, because I remember I was in the gym and someone looked at me like, why are you in the gym? As if I couldn't be there because I'm fit. I was like, well, because this is why I'm fit. It's because because I work out. And so the reason that we practice meditation and yoga every day, even though we might have an awareness or a consciousness and might be in a happy space, is so that when we are challenged, we are able to sustain. And the world, honestly, is challenging every day. And it's about maintaining this place of equanimity. It's about maintaining this peace of mind throughout all the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, I would say I'm honestly definitely guilty of being that person that, like, goes to meditation when I need it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. by the time I turn to meditation, it's something that I'm, like, I'm in a place where it's a must, you know? Instead of having it be a daily practice where um, it's, like, for maintenance and prevention, which is, you know, like, the basis of wellness is not, like going to the hospital after you're, you're already dying. It's like doing everything um, to prevent anything from even happening. Or when it does happen, you have the tools to take care of it. And I think meditation is something that like, again, it's like you're unlocking levels. And that's one of my next levels of wellness is like to establish a consistent meditation routine because I know how good it is for me. And I know that I'm a better person when I do it. But <laughs> changing that habit has been difficult. And so I I relate to a lot of people in that way. So do you have any advice for, you know, solidifying that habit of meditation and making it a daily thing? Not because you don't think it's beneficial, but just because you've struggled to make it a habit. Absolutely. I say you have to get your why. And it's like, you know, for me, I have to make loving on myself, my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You realize like, gosh, meditation is loving myself. You know, self-care is self-love. And in order for me to be the best for everyone else, I have to give myself a certain amount of love. I have to fill up my cup and give from the overflow. Otherwise, I'm going to delete. I'm going to be depleted. And so I think when you can remember that and, you know, uh, one of my favorite mentor um, Lisa Nichols, that was that was her quote. She was just like, you know, you can't, you know, deplete your cup. You have to fill your cup and just dish out blessing from the overflow. And I feel like if people can remember that they are number one priority and the more that they love up on themselves, the better they'll be in the world, in their job, in their podcasting, like whatever you're doing. So I would say for you and to everyone else who feels that way, like I just can't make it happen. I'm only doing it when I need it, is that you just understand that you deserve it Mm. it's like you're looking at it in a different way not that it's like um something that is like a band-aid but something that is uh, a source of love right yeah when you look at it as a source of love versus a band-aid you're like oh yeah i need that every day 
you know, and I tell people too, like meditation is like a spiritual shower. We have a physical shower. When we get dirty, we wash off. But when yeah. we have toxic energy, we have traffic, we have insults online. Like how do we wash that off? You know? Right. And- I feel like, you know, meditation um, and yoga is like a spiritual shower, kind of washing off that negative energy and those low vibrations so that we can be in this, this state of peace and we can be in this state of love. Yeah. Okay. That, that feels so good. Just hearing that. And like, I don't, you know, you hear things, you can hear things, similar messages, like five different ways, but the fifth time it like clicks, you know, where it's just like someone said something a certain way and it really resonated with you. And so I feel like I am in a place and like the way you just described that made so much sense to me where I'm going to commit to this and I will update my listeners on my meditation (laughs) commitment. Um, But thank you so much for that insight. And I, I am so aligned with just the way that you approach everything and that it starts with why and it starts with self love and Um, I, I'm like a fitness coach and I help women transform both inside and out. And a lot of women come to me and they want to transform their body. Right. But it's like, why, why do you want to do that? Like, why do you want to look a certain way? Why do you want to achieve a certain, um, thing? And I just, I really appreciate that you come from a place of start with why start with love and everything can move forward from there. So thank you so much for being a voice and being someone that spreads that message. Because in my opinion, like we just, we need so much more love in the world and that's, there's never going to be enough people who are spreading that message. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I always tell people because I was a personal trainer for a long time as well. And I, I still do consult people here and there. And it's like, if you don't love yourself where you are, even when you gain the muscle or lose the weight, you're still not going to love yourself. You look different and you have to go out and look for approval. Like, okay, I've lost this weight. And so now Will, will you you will you love me? Will I feel love? But unless you cultivate that self love within yourself, um, there's still going to be a void there, and it is not going to be until you challenge that you actually see it. So I have people start like look at yourself in the mirror, wherever say you in, just love yourself and know whatever you've been through in life has gotten you to this point, and you are still worthy of love. You're mm-hmm. worthy of love exactly where you are, and whatever goals you have, those are great and achieve them all. You know. I'm a, I'm a quick, yeah. like set a goal and, and crush it. Um, but at the same time, I always start with love yourself where you are, because this is, you know, what you've been through right now is a cumulative of the lessons you've learned. And then that allows you as you grow to continue that that's from that space of self-love and self-worth. And it allows that when someone outside of you tries to come and say, oh, well, you're not so great. Like I'm doing this or that person over there is greater than you because they're doing that. It allows you not to be swayed by that because you're like oh, okay well this is where I am this is what I've done and if you decide to go further or be inspired by someone else that's still your personal choice because right. I feel like in this day and age we're always constantly constantly comparing our life our work our relationship with someone else and mm-hmm. I feel like that's very toxic and the more that we can just say hey I love myself as I am where I am and then just you know, as we create goals, say, oh, I think I want to hit this goal and hit that goal. And that's fine. But it has to come from a place of self-acceptance first. 
Yeah, I, that's just that's so good and so important. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who now is like, I need to listen to Koya every day. I need Koya to like pour this truth into me every day. So where can people find you? Where can they get more from you? Where can they work with you? Just share share all the things with us. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, you can find me at KoyaWeb.com and Instagram, KoyaWeb, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B and Facebook, Twitter, you know, most, um, you can find all those on my website at KoyaWeb.com. I have events all around the world. I have a retreat coming up in Egypt and I have uh, a yoga teacher training coming up in December in Jamaica. So all of that's on my website. I have online courses. I have my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fears. You can get it on my website or on Amazon. So yeah, I'm just trying to spread the love, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I have my podcast, Get Loved Up Podcast. I was going to say, the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much fun. You know, what I told myself is I'm just going to be fierce and I'm just going to put myself out there and let the chips fall where they may. And I think the more that we get that confidence through an inspiration, through viewing others, whoever's listening, just realizing if they can do it, then I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And taking the journey, taking that first step and being inspired by everything you hear, but just also remembering like, I am loved as I am. And that is the most important thing. I love that. And I, we have gotten like literally so many golden nuggets from you in this episode, but we have one final question that I ask everyone, and that is, what is one thing that you are currently grinding toward and working hard for, and what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Mm. One thing that I'm grinding towards. Oh, that's such a good one. What am I grinding towards? (laughs) I guess like owning another home. I have a house in Tennessee and I feel like I want one on the west side um, or maybe in Bali or Hawaii or someplace near the water. Yeah, that's my grind. (laughs) I love that. I can't afford it right now, but I want to. So yeah. That can't be- afford it yet. It's all about that yet, right? I can't afford it. It's just about finding the right place for me. That mm. is where I want it to be, and that is within my budget. And so, and once I find that place, which is out there, once mm. I align with that place, I will let y'all know. I will definitely be posting about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amazing. And what was the second question? What is one thing that you're hugely grateful for? I am so grateful for my book and being able to write that book and just everything that I've learned to make me the woman that I am today. A lot of people feel like it's easy and that, you know, things come easy. And there's so many challenges that I deal with on a daily basis. I am humbled to the utmost and I feel like the more that I grow the more challenges come and people are like when is it going to be no challenges or can't we just stop the challenges and I'm like that has not been my experience (laughs) All all I can say is that as I learn these lessons and as I implement the tools that I share in my book 
I'm able to bounce back from fear faster. I'm able to bounce back from sadness. I'm able to bounce back from anything that happens. Even when I stumble, I'm able to get up and allow my breakdowns to be my breakthroughs. So that's what I know to be true, that despite the challenges, I'm always going to make sure that I lead in love and that I become stronger than I was before. Mm, That's so beautiful. And I'm just so grateful for you coming on today and sharing your lessons and your wisdom and your advice with us. So guys, please go send send Koya some love and tell her thank you for her time on the podcast. And Koya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or view on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.